Hello, and welcome back to season three of Oh My God. I'm your host, Bo Bradley. My pronouns are he, him, and they, them. For those of you who are joining us for the very first time today, Oh My God is a unique insight into queer culture, history, and current events centered around the perspective of a non-binary trans person, me, <laughs> through the sharing of fact-based information and firsthand vulnerable lived experiences. BMG aims to build community, amplify the voices of others, and ultimately bridge the gap between the cisgender, heterosexual, and LGBTQIA communities. Before we get down to it, I want to recap the last episode for you. Last time on Oh My God, episode 37, Creating Ideal Queer Worlds Through Literature, we chatted with returning guest Marty Noel Chenyao. Now, if this name sounds familiar to you, it's because this is the third time that Marty has graced us with his presence to talk about The Antisocialite. The Antisocialite is an ongoing writing and photography project about a world where homophobia and transphobia and misogyny never existed. It explores what life could be like without these barriers. We talked to Marty about his DIY MFA about what the overturning of Roe v. Wade has been like for him and the impacts it has on both of our individual lives. Marty discusses his day novella, which published on August 1st. You can read that and more for free at theantisocialite.com. Now, before you go looking to catch up on episode 37, I must inform you that it has temporarily been taken offline because Marty and I felt like we could add more into the episode and you know what happens with perfectionists when they get together and do something they decide they're going to make it more perfect so that's what we're going to do we're going to get it refurbed a little bit infused with some additional insight and we'll get it back to you within the next week so thank you for your patience let me take this moment to ask you to subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast platform follow us on social media at bow my god pod on youtube this podcast is all about education, community, and visibility. So we need your help to continue to share this platform with your friends, peers, family, allies, anyone else you think who could benefit from the conversations we're having. So what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to start out with current events and discuss Phoenix Mercury's Brittany Griner and what's going on with her case in Russia. And then we're going to discuss the monkeypox virus and what that is, what you need to know, and kind of tie it into an overall discussion about why it's important to talk about this and diseases, especially that are primarily found in marginalized populations like this one. So moving into our discussion on current events, this portion of the podcast is dedicated to discussing anti-trans and LGBTQIA plus legislation, current topics in the news and other pop culture lifestyle events affecting the queer community. So chatting about Brittany Griner, this is a topic that I've wanted to get up into on BMG since, since it started 169 days ago, 169 days ago. But I really wanted to be sure to do it justice. And considering she was just sentenced in Russian court, we better get to talking because it's already probably too late for us to start the conversation, not for her, just to clarify. So for those who may not be familiar and are wondering who is Brittany Greiner, Brittany is also lovingly referred to by friends and teammates as BG. It's a 31-year-old women's basketball legend, a seven-time WNBA All-Star and two-time WNBA Defensive Player of the Year, 
a six foot nine inches tall center for both Team USA and the 2014 WNBA championship team, the Phoenix Mercury. She's a two-time gold medalist, has larger hands than LeBron James, and is a graduate of Baylor University. She is a wife and multiple pets at home, and I would love to tell you more about her stats and her awards and information regarding her basketball career. But what I really want to talk to you about is her involvement with the Russian team. I'm probably going to mess this up, but UMMC Kertenberg and why she is currently detained in Russian prison. Brittany has been playing for UMMC for multiple WNBA off-seasons like about 70 of her colleagues and peers in the WNBA, which for the record is about half of the league's entire roster who all have to compete in the off season to earn extra money. Now the WNBA's minimum and maximum salaries range from about $60,000, just a little over that to capping off around $228,094, which fails miserably in comparison to the NBA salary range, which starts at $925,000, capping out just above $28 million. So yeah, we're comparing capping out at $228,000 to $28 million. Anyways, in the 2018 to 2019 season, she led this team to a second consecutive EuroLeague title, and for that appearance was named a Final Four MVP. Following the 21 and 2022 WNBA offseason, where BG and Mercury lost in the finals, Griner headed off to Russia for another season with now the six-time EuroLeague champions. Mid-season, she took a trip home to the United States and upon her return was detained in a Russian airport. This is when Russian Federal Customs Service found vape cartridges containing less than one gram of marijuana concentrate oil in her luggage. Russia arrested her for drug possession and ultimately this week just sentenced her on Thursday to nine years in Russian prison for what Russia is calling deliberate large-scale transportation of drugs, also known as drug smuggling. Yes, she was sentenced for deliberate large-scale transportation of drugs for less than one gram of marijuana oil, which is legal for recreational and medicinal use in much of the United States, And according to her lawyers, is also something that she is medically prescribed. So the Russian judge in the case also fined Greiner $1 million in in Russian currency, which equates to about $16,400. So the judge said that she took Brittany Greiner's partial admission of guilt, remorse for the incident and state of her overall health and charitable activities into consideration when they sentence her to just over nine years, which is almost the maximum for this drug smuggling offense. Yeah. So now since the beginning of this incident, the WNBA, the Mercury, Griner's friends and family have all shown nothing but support. Friends and fellow legendary women's athlete Megan Rapino wore a suit embroidered with the initials BG on her chest as she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Joe Biden earlier in July of this year. At the ESPYs in the end of July, she again mentioned Brittany Griner in her speech, encouraging fellow athletes to continue to put pressure on the U.S. to negotiate her release. Later, NBA Finals MVP Steph Curry hosted a show with WNBA players, bringing more attention to the injustices in this case. 
And from the start of her detainment, family and friends have been worried about her treatment in in Russia, not only because the ongoing conflict between our countries, but because lawyers in her case brought evidence before the court that Griner has not been given appropriate accessibility to resources, including adequate interpretation. And even citing that she herself had to use a cell phone app to translate with the custom officers while she was detained in the airport during the initial incident because they had no one who could speak to her in English. The U.S. has had multiple discussions with Russia since her detainment, which hints at potential prisoner swaps and the most detail that the White House's national security spokesperson, John Kirby, shared was that the U.S. has made Russia a serious proposal weeks ago and they urged them to accept it. Uh, But President Biden also spoke out after the sentencing yesterday, Thursday, calling the sentence itself unacceptable and insisted that Russia release her immediately. And I quote, so she can be with her wife, loved ones, friends and teammates. I encourage each of you to look up the situation, do a little research yourself on petitions and ways to get involved or even just more information on the case. I'm I'm sure we'll come back around and discuss this more. uh, Well, when the public gets more information, but She's a, a female athlete, a pioneer, a queer woman, a, a black woman, and a human being that deserves fair treatment, a fair trial, trial, and to be safe here at home in the United States. So let's just let's just say that if she were in the NBA and were a man, she wouldn't even need to go play in Russia or somewhere else in Europe in the first place to pay bills. So there's just so many injustices in this situation. There's so many circumstances and layers and nuances and yeah so look it up and learn more about it i highly recommend moving on to our next segment today which is mental health and wellness which sets aside regular time for something that lgbtqia plus community does not do enough of self-care this segment includes introspective topics vulnerable conversations exercises and self-assessments regarding mental health and wellness or health in general So today we're going to be discussing a few things. One of those we're going to dive into is some information about monkeypox. We're going to discuss some coping skills for dealing with the compounding feelings of COVID and monkeypox and how they're similar feelings to the early part of the AIDS pandemic. So for those who aren't familiar, what is monkeypox? According to the Centers for Disease Control of the CDC, monkeypox is a rare disease caused by infection with the monkeypox virus. The monkeypox virus is actively related to the variola virus, which is the same exact thing that causes smallpox. So the symptoms themselves are similar to smallpox, but much milder and rarely fatal. Monkeypox was originally discovered in monkey colonies in 1958, which were literally groups of monkeys that were kept for research. Despite being named after these monkeys where it was originally discovered, the origin of the disease itself is still unknown. It's believed that African rodents and non-human primates may harbor the virus and infect humans. And that is the biggest cause of initial human interaction throughout history. So the first human case of monkeypox was recorded in 1970, but was apparently eradicated from the human population later in 1980. According to a study published in 2008 by the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, Division of Infectious Disease. 
Previously, almost all monkeypox cases in people outside of Africa were linked to international travel to countries where the disease commonly occurs or through imported animals. These cases occurred on, across multiple continents. It hasn't been seen in the United States until a small outbreak in 2003 with 47 confirmed and probable causes in six states tied to pet prairie dogs that came into contact with infected rodents, including several species of squirrels, mice, and rats. Before this most recent outbreak, starting in April 22, it had been reported in people in several Central and Western African countries. Monkeypox spreads through a few different methods. The first is through close, personal, mostly skin-on-skin contact. This can include direct contact with monkeypox rashes or scabs, infected bodily fluids, touching objects that have been contaminated or used by someone that has monkeypox, such as, but not limited to, clothing, bedding, towels, and other surfaces, and through contact with respiratory secretions or saliva. The virus can also be spread through direct sexual contact, hugging, massaging, kissing, and face-to-face -face contact. It is also possible for a pregnant person to spread the virus to their fetus through the placenta itself. A person can spread monkeypox to other people from the onset of symptoms until those symptoms are fully healed and a fresh layer of skin has formed. Symptoms and illness related to monkeypox typically last two to four weeks. As of August 4th, more than 7,100 cases have been reported in the U.S. and more than 28,000 cases across 70 countries globally. This has led President Biden and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services to declare monkeypox as a public health emergency that just now is happening about two weeks after WHO or the World Health Organization designated monkeypox as an international health emergency. So who is at risk? Cases have been detected in 48 states, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, and the majority, a study on 528 infections diagnosed between April 27th and June 24th of this year across 43 sites in 16 countries, found that 97% of those infected are gay or bisexual men. Cases also include at least five children and a pregnant person. So even though this is primarily currently affecting the population of the queer community, any single person who comes in contact with someone who's infected or something, a surface that has been touched or contaminated by someone who has it could be at risk. Therefore, anyone, literally any person could get this. This is why we're talking about it. Not the only reason, but part of why. So people who have contracted monkeypox will get a rash on their body that will go through several stages, starting as a pimple or blister-like sore. And then these are likely to be intensely painful and itchy, leading into scabbing before healing. Other symptoms include fever, chills, swollen lymph nodes, exhaustion, muscle aches, and back aches, headaches, or respiratory symptoms such as sore throat, cough, or nasal congestion. Some folks will encounter all symptoms, and some may only experience a few. Since Health and Human Services declared this public health emergency, they will be able to take additional actions, including accessing additional emergency funding, appointing personnel to specific positions to oversee the monkeypox outbreak, 
And this also opens up the possibility for certain rules and requirements to be bent around federal health programs, such as Medicaid, Medicare, and the Children's Health Insurance Program, or CHIP. Despite the declaration of the public health emergency, many Americans do not know much about monkeypox. And according to the Annenberg Public Policy Center, two-thirds of Americans surveyed did not know there was a monkeypox vaccine. So to ensure that you're all looped in, there are currently two different types of vaccines recommended by the CDC to prevent monkeypox. And these vaccines are found to be 85% effective in preventing monkeypox, according to the World Health Organization. So the first one is the Genos vaccine, which was manufactured by a Danish company called Bavarian Nordic. It's approved by the FDA to prevent monkeypox. And the second is ACAM 2000, which was produced by Sanofi Pasteur Biologics and has been approved by the FDA for protection against smallpox infection and also for monkeypox now under an expanded access application. ACAM 2000 is found to have more side effects and a higher rate of adverse effects. But like we mentioned, both are found to be 85% effective in prevention. There's currently a limited supply of the vaccination eligibility and accessibility vary by location. Current CDC recommendations include folks who have been exposed to monkeypox and those who have had multiple sexual partners in the last two weeks within an area with a high number of confirmed cases. I do, however, want to stress that monkeypox is not a sexually transmitted disease. It's not an STD or STI. It's a communicable disease that can be spread again by either close contact or contact with contaminated surfaces. Folks, this means you can pick it up walking around in public, like we said earlier, by touching a surface that was just touched by someone else who was infected. This is worrisome and needs attention, and these conversations need to continue to be happening. The U.S. likely needs a reported 3.2 million doses just to cover the at-risk population. And last week, the U.S. released that 800,000 vaccine doses would be made available. That's less than a third of what I just said was reported necessary. So a reminder that while this has predominantly affected LGBTQIA plus folks, it can be contracted by anyone who comes in contact with it. Now, those of us that are thinking that the slow rollout of protocols and vaccines and accessibility to resources feels oddly and eerily familiar to the early years of the AIDS pandemic, you are not alone. Building upon the anxieties, stressors, financial hardships, and general life and health concerns amid this still very real COVID-19 pandemic that is still disproportionately affecting Black, Indigenous, people of color, and disabled folks, the implications of another easily communicable disease is terrifying. Folks are missing work, living with, through excruciating pain and discomfort, unable to pay bills, and facing housing insecurities. We need to have discussions about monkeypox in our communities, in our workplaces. We need to take action before it gets worse, before it's too late. When will we learn? We, we need to bust the stigma around monkeypox too, because I know that that is a really big and real part of why we're in this situation and why we're not talking about it. It's not a gay disease or a bi disease. It's a very real disease. And well, unlike COVID, it's not highly fatal. There are real life ramifications and problems and the cases are mounting and we know better. So I implore you, please, please do some research on the case counts in your area. For folks who are local to Seattle and King County, they're hosting a free event in Seattle to administer the vaccine to those who are eligible, which here means those who are at a high risk of exposure at Seattle Central College on Saturday, August 6th. 
Go get vaccinated if you're eligible. Find out more. Share information on your social media. Share it with your workplaces, your supervisors, your family and friends. Be informed. Take it seriously because it's serious. So because I want to tie this back to your mental health and because I never want to leave you off more stressed or worse than when you came to chat with me, let's talk about how to cope with all this because damn, if it isn't hard to cope with everything going on in the world right now. So let's talk coping skills. Those of you who have been to therapy or have things like anxiety or depression, PTSD, like I do, you might have some of your own coping skills. Like what I'm trying to say is not all coping skills work for everyone. And so we're going to share a handful of things that may, you may find helpful and take what you need, leave behind what doesn't call to you. So when you're feeling overwhelmed or emotionally charged, anxious, however you're feeling, try to focus on your breathing. Some folks unknowingly hold their breath like I do or hyperventilate in these moments. So calming down your breathing into a sustainable and focused pattern will help regulate not only your oxygen intake, but your heart rate and blood pressure. We all have many senses. You've heard of them, right? Smell, taste, sight, etc. Another coping skill is to focus on one of those. For me, that can look like popping in headphones and zoning out to music or lighting a candle, also known as aromatherapy, going for a short walk outside, drinking some water. There's many ways that we can change or refocus our attention in these moments of anguish or discomfort. So please, right after this episode or even later this week, if you don't have time right now, sit down and take some time to look internally and jot down three to five ways that you can, you can help refocus your energy and your mind in, in moments of extreme stress or anxiety, place it up on your fridge and your corkboard in your cube, keep it in your notes app on your phone, in your wallet, wherever it's accessible for you. The next time you need some coping skills or a little reminder of how to pull yourself back out of a tough situation. So I hope this helps. And with that, let's move into our affirmation for today. So as you know, we will be ending every show with an affirmation because we often as queer folks and humans in general do not give ourselves the chance to feel our full potential, to feel empowered and to feel like we're really quite enough. Well, you are, and I'm here again and always will be to remind you So today's BMG affirmation is going to tie into what we just talked about today. So please repeat after me. I am worthy of feeling safe. It is important for me to be gentle with myself. I am my own best advocate. Okay, one more time. I am worthy of feeling safe. It is important for me to be gentle with myself. I am my own best advocate. Take that and run, little cuties. All right. Oh, that is it for this episode of Oh My God. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for spending a tiny portion of your day learning about the LGBTQIA plus community, especially in this time and place in history. And 
Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and follow along for more of your favorite queer and trans content. We're on most social media platforms at Oh My God Pod. Check us out at www.bowmygod.com where you can find out more info and purchase some BMG merch like stickers, hats, and shirts. So before I let you go, don't forget, see what you can do to learn about Brittany Griner and her circumstances. Find out more about monkeypox in your area and how you can protect yourself and prevent the spread. And last but certainly not least, jot down about five things that can help you cope in a moment of emotional distress or stress. Keep them in a place that is easy to see or access and actually utilize them as you're moving forward. So thank you. Love you. Catch you next time. Oh.